Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Sports Ball Podcast. What a lineup today. We're going to talk some Baker Mayfield. We're going to talk some Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, I know, all the way out there. We're going to talk about who should be the winners of each award in the NFL. Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, etc., etc., And we're also going to go ahead and talk about the top 10 teams in the NFL. So, without further ado, let's get started. I want to focus first on the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills currently are sitting at 7-6 and and are behind the New England Patriots right now in their own division. The Buffalo Bills, as of late, have not looked good At all, and I think they fooled us. See, here's what it was was that we all assumed, at least I did, and a few other people that I spoke to, we all assumed that the Buffalo Bills were going to make it to the Super Bowl. They were the favorites, at least, to make it to the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs, back to back AFC Championship games. And the Buffalo Bills have been a very big disappointment. And the reason I say that is because the Bills don't have a run game. What do you mean they don't have a run game? It's exactly what I said. They don't have a run game. They are relying too much on their quarterback, Josh Allen, to go ahead and win them the football game. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, last game, Josh Allen threw it 54 times, and they only rushed the ball a handful of times. You can't win in just throwing the football. On top of that, you're going to go ahead and get your quarterback killed if you constantly have him running. He ran for 12, he ran the ball 12 times in the loss against Tampa Bay. He was their leading rusher. Josh Allen so far this year is sitting at 325 completions on 494 attempts, 3,524 yards, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. That's great. That's fine and dandy. I don't think your quarterback, unless you're Lamar Jackson, who is a very good running back uh, slash quarterback, I don't think Josh Allen should be running the ball 87 times a game. He's already on pace to go ahead and break his season high in rushing, and that's at 109. See, he's rushed for 531 yards and four touchdowns, which is great. But I just cannot go ahead and say, you know what? Yeah, Josh Allen is. That, that's what you should be doing. You should be rushing the football consistently like that. Now, here's the other thing, too. Is that they are so reliant on Josh Allen. It's kind of like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I feel like if the Buffalo Bills do not have Josh Allen in there, the Buffalo Bills aren't going to play well. Period. End of story. They already are a little banged up on the defensive side of the football. Offensive side is a little bit healthier. You do have a good running back in Singletary, but that's about it. You can't can't rush the football with him because you're trying to go ahead and pad Josh Allen's stats, and that's not fair. So right now, Josh Allen has a sprained left foot. Sprained. He's day-to-day. He's questionable for the game against Carolina. 
Here's my thing is that if Josh Allen does not play that game, the Carolina Panthers will win that game. If Josh Allen plays, the Bills will win. If Mitchell Trubisky, who is the backup for the Buffalo Bills, if he plays for the Buffalo Bills, I don't think Mitch Trubisky wins that game. Now, you can go ahead and say that Mitch Trubisky used to be a starter. He used to be somebody who knows the starting role. He has a good feel for the game. Josh Allen is better than Mitch Trubisky, and there's no question about it. And if Josh Allen doesn't play, well, then you're pretty much going ahead and giving up your spot right now in the AFC playoff picture. So you're already behind the Patriots, right? You've got to find a much more balanced attack rushing and passing the football. If that means you go ahead and you pass the ball 40 times, so be it. But make sure you're also rushing the football at least 30. You need to have a balanced attack. You need to make the defense stay true to the run. So this way, when you go ahead and you do a play-action pass, you're able to launch the ball down the field. You can't ask Josh Allen to throw the ball 50 times a game and then ask him to rush it for like another 15 times. It's, it's just going to injure him. Look at Lamar Jackson, for example, quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson right now is injured with a sprained ankle, and it was eventually going to catch up to him. Runners at the quarterback position like Michael Vick, they go ahead and they take a brutal beating. Michael Vick later on in his career was not as efficient as he was when he was in his prime. Now, granted, that's with any quarterback, but doesn't it seem like Tom Brady the GOAT, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, doesn't it seem like he is just thriving at everything? Because Brady goes ahead and he understands that when there's any form of pressure, yeah, he'll try to run. But if he can feel that pressure, he just falls down. That's how he goes ahead and keeps his body in shape, plus the nutrition and all that stuff like that. Tom Brady gets it. That's why he's been able to play until so, he's 44 years old. Now, Tom Brady's also a different breed of quarterback. He's more stationary. Josh Allen is more mobile. But I think that the Buffalo Bills really need to stop trying to rely on Josh Allen so much. Stop pushing him to try and go ahead and pad his stats. Pad his stats, get more numbers on his board, make him look better. It's all fine and dandy, but the health of your quarterback is the most important thing. And I really think that you need to take a look at that and say, what's more important, the health of our quarterback or trying to pad his stats? I think that the Bills fooled all of us when it came to how good they actually were. I guess we'll have to see what happens later on down the road. Okay, let's talk for a second about the prodigal son in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. I like Baker. Baker's a average quarterback. He's not terrible. But I don't think Baker Mayfield is it for the Cleveland Browns. You see, if he is it, you can't sign him to a massive contract. You can't go ahead and give him $75 million a year over the course of like four or five years. That's overkill. Baker Mayfield is somebody that you have to go ahead and look and say, you know what? 
this guy will win us games, but he won't take us to a Super Bowl. And can you go ahead and get over that hump? Because the thing is, is that you have to build around Baker. You have to go ahead and get him great receivers, an amazing offensive line, and a fantastic running game. Coincidentally, all of what Baker has, of course, when healthy. But with Baker, he's got a few nagging injuries. And I get it. Baker Mayfield is, you know, very, very fragile right now. But with Baker, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. The Browns are 7-6 and six on the year. They're one game back from the division lead over the Baltimore Ravens. They ended up beating Baltimore 24-22. to 22. And Baker in the game wasn't terrible. He had like 190 yards. Okay, good for you, Baker. Two touchdowns and interception. All right, cool. Like you did, you did what you were supposed to do. You went out there, you won the game. But why isn't Baker going ahead? And this has been happening for a little bit too, but why isn't Baker going ahead and getting the chance to throw 40 times or anything like that? Their run game is absolutely stout. Have two of the best running backs in the NFL and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And yet I do not see why the Browns are high on Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield in a press interview went ahead and said that there isn't just external struggles going on with Cleveland Browns right now that the media knows. There are internal struggles going on with the media. So does that mean he has some form of beef with head coach Kevin Stefanski? Does he have an issue with it? Now, there's one thing that I've noticed with the Cleveland Browns over the last four years. The Cleveland Browns over the last four years have had four different head coaches. Baker Mayfield was under all four of those head coaches. All four of those head coaches, with the exception of Kevin Stefanski, since he is the current head coach, were fired within a year or two. So, what about this past year? Well, you go ahead and you look, and Baker arguably had his best year last year. He had 28 touchdowns to seven interceptions, threw for over 3,500 yards, led his team to a playoff victory. This year, people were going ahead and clamoring, saying, you need to get Odell Beckham, wide receiver for now, the L.A. Rams, out of Cleveland. He is causing Baker too much harm at his all. Odell Beckham's fault. Look at the numbers now for Baker Mayfield over the last five games. You go ahead and look at the last five games. He's 80 of 140, has a 57.6 completion percentage, 904 yards, 6.5 yards average throwing the football, seven touchdowns to four interceptions. And you say, holy cow, that's average. It's no better than what Mitch Trubisky would usually do for the Chicago Bears. Mitch Trubisky had a magical season in 2018 with the Chicago Bears, leading them to the playoffs. And then we had our kicker miss the field goal. That's what caused the Bears to go ahead and lose. They had a defense that was capable of winning the Super Bowl. 
they had an offense that was just good enough to go ahead and potentially get them to the NFC Championship game. The offense is very good and good enough to get Cleveland to the AFC Championship game. The defense is good enough to get Cleveland to the AFC Championship game. The quarterback for the Browns is good enough to get you a playoff win. The quarterback duo with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is absolutely deadly. They have some fantastic weapons on the outside, including Jarvis Landry and even Austin Hooper at the tight end position. The defense under Miles Garrett is one of the best defenses in the NFL, in my opinion, on pure star power alone and on numbers. I just cannot go ahead and look at this and say, yep, Baker Mayfield's the guy. You need to give him at least, at least like a four-year, I'd say $40 million a year, roughly. That That's what I would give him. Gives you some more room to go ahead and clear the cap. If you're going to go ahead and commit to him, absolutely, but you need to go ahead and think about the future past Baker Mayfield. Therefore, I would say do this. The Browns picked up Baker's fifth-year option. They're keeping him on his rookie contract, which is honestly the best thing for the Cleveland Browns. This gives them a little more money to go ahead and play with for the year to come. Get a little more pieces together to potentially make that final push toward a Super Bowl. If Baker Mayfield does not lead you to the playoffs, or in my opinion, at least leads you to the AFC Championship game because that's the talent level on the team, you need to think long and hard about getting a replacement. Now, whether that goes ahead and it be you trade Baker Mayfield to another team, which is a strong possibility, by the way, strong possibility, Or you go ahead and you take somebody in the draft. But do you want to go ahead and build a new person up in the draft? That's the question. Again, I think that Baker is an average quarterback at best, and I think that he can win you a playoff game, but I don't think he can lead you to a Super Bowl. I guess we'll just have to find out what the Browns do. But if it were up to me, I would tell Baker, you got one more year, and then your time's up. All righty, let's talk NFL awards, right? This includes NFL MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie, Offensive Rookie, all that fun stuff, right? These awards are given out at the end of the year to the best players in the NFL views, or in the NFL's eyes as far as who did the best, you know, who had the better year, blah, blah, blah. With that being said, let's go ahead and we'll work our way up to MVP, okay? So let's look at coach of the year. Let's start with that. In my personal opinion, the coach of the year is Cliff Kingsbury out of Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury has gone ahead and taken the Arizona Cardinals to a new height. We thought that the Arizona Cardinals were going to be the worst in their division. Turns out that they're the best in the NFC West. 
They currently lead the NFC West at 10-3, and three, though I do not know how long they're going to hold on to that position with the Rams now coming. But Cliff Kingsbury has gone ahead and taken his offense to a new height. The defense is playing very well. Kyler Murray, if he didn't go out, I think he would be the MVP favorite right now. But Cliff Kingsbury has taken his offense and his defense and has made it formidable in the NFC West. I think you really have to give high props to him. Now, second, I would have Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans. He's done a good job with the Tennessee Titans. I would go ahead and have Bill Belichick at number three with what he's done with the New England Patriots and how he has kept them on a roll so far. So let's look at comeback player of the year, right? Alrighty. So comeback player of the year, it's got to be Dak Prescott. Has to be. The reason why it has to be Dak Prescott is because clearly after what happened last year in 2020, Dak Prescott had a terrible, terrible, terrible leg injury. You really thought that Dak Prescott's career could potentially be over or even that he may not be in the Dallas Cowboys organization after all was said and done. Dak Prescott is playing well enough to get his team wins, but as of late, Dak Prescott has been struggling very poor. But that doesn't affect comeback player of the year. It's a player that basically has a good year or comes back from a really gruesome injury and plays well enough. Dak Prescott is doing just that. His leg injury was one of the worst I've seen, and I've seen a lot. Um, It's still not as bad as Joe Theismann's or Alex Smith's, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. Comeback player of the year should go to number four on the Dallas Cowboys in um, Dak Prescott. Now, when you look at Defensive Rookie of the Year, I've gone ahead and I've talked about this a few times now. When you look at Defensive Rookie of the Year, you got to go ahead and look at Micah freaking Parsons. Micah Parsons is easily, without a doubt, one of the best ballers that you're going to see in the football world, honestly. Really, he is. He's one of the best. Micah Parsons easily, without a doubt, has an amazing, amazing sense of going ahead and finding the ball wherever it is. He can go ahead and search and destroy, essentially, and you you just can't, you can't do anything about it. Micah is, without a doubt, one of the best linebackers in the game. And let's just go ahead and talk about a couple of stats that Micah has currently in the NFL. So as of right now, Micah Parsons is sitting at 57 solo tackles, which is tied for 26th in the NFL. He is currently sitting 7th in sacks and 8 forced fumbles on the year, which is tied for 8th. He had 8 tackles versus the New York Giants the last time they played, who is, which is who they're playing uh, next. But last game against Washington, 3 total tackles, 3 solo, excuse me, 3 solo tackles, and then 2 sacks on the year. 
or on the game. So Micah Parsons is without a doubt one of the best rookies that you're going to see this year when it comes to playing on the defensive side of the ball. Now, let's look at offensive rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, you've got to go ahead and talk about the young man out of Cincinnati, and that's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is playing unbelievable this year. Unbelievable. And you got to go ahead and say to yourself, how is it that this young man has just done wonders? Well, let's go ahead and look at his statistics. Right now, he has 60 receptions, which is tied for 26th in the NFL. He has 1,035 yards receiving, which is 5th in the NFL. 10 touchdowns, which is tied for 3rd in the NFL. And he averages 17.3 yards a catch, which is 3rd in the NFL. So, Last game against the San Francisco 49ers, where they lost 26-23 in overtime. Eight targets, five receptions, 77 yards, two touchdowns for the young man out of uh, LSU. He is he's a baller, man. He's going to go ahead and he'll do some damage to you. You just really have to be careful with Jamar Chase because he's going to go ahead and just destroy you if you let him. Um, behind him... I would go ahead and I'd put Mac Jones. Mac Jones has not had amazing numbers all year, but it's the fact that he's gone ahead and taken care of the football. He's been very consistent in his play. He's gone ahead and done wonders for the New England Patriots, and I really think that Mac Jones should be one of the guys that is potentially uh, considered. Now, Looking at Defensive Player of the Year. Now, maybe I was high on Jamar Chase at the time. Or not Jamar Chase. uh, Micah Parsons at the time. But you go ahead and you look at the guys this year. And I think you have to go ahead and give Defensive Player of the Year to one Miles Garrett. So, Miles Garrett. what What has he done, right? What has he done recently? Well, let's just go ahead and look at it. This past week against the Ravens, three solo tackles and a one sack. Also had a forced fumble, so that was pretty big, right, so far. As far as this year, out of 13 games, he has a total of 26 sacks, 17 assists, or excuse me, 26 solo tackles, 17 assisted tackles, 15 sacks in total and also has a forced fumble on the year the cleveland browns defensive end is one of the best in the nfl he leads the league in sacks right now or second behind tj watt in sacks i think that you have no doubt in your mind that this man is a force off the edge and you usually have to double even triple cover him and even then, it doesn't matter because Miles Garrett is going to get to your quarterback whether you want him to or not. Now, looking at Offensive Player of the Year, I think you have to give it to Mr. Cooper Cup, who is the wide receiver from the Los Angeles Rams. 
Cooper Cup, let's just take a couple of the games into account, the last four games to be specific. Cooper Cup against the Cardinals on Monday, 13 receptions, 123 yards, 9.5-yard average, and a touchdown. Against the Jaguars, 8 receptions, 129 yards. He had a touchdown in that game. Against the Packers, even though they lost, 7 receptions, 96 yards, no touchdowns. The 49ers in a loss. 11 receptions, 122 yards, no touchdowns. And they, with the Titans, they lost the last three games, but 11 receptions, 95 yards, and no touchdowns. You look at the year so far for Cooper Cup, and his year has actually been pretty well. He leads the NFL in touchdowns with a grand total of 12 so far this year, he goes ahead and they lead. He leads in total yards, which is close to 1,500, about 1,489. And then he also goes ahead and he leads in receptions at about 113 receptions on the year. Cooper Cup is no doubt in my mind the offensive player of the year. And the second person I would have behind him is Matt Stafford, his quarterback, I think he's been playing exceptionally well. And I think that you need to go ahead and give him his props and his flowers with how well he's played this year. Now, the big one, the NFL MVP. Are we really going to go ahead and talk about it? Because it's it's pretty obvious who it is. It's the 44-year-old out of Tampa Bay. It's Tom Brady. Right now, sitting at the year, 13 games in, he's got 378 completions, 554 attempts. He's averaging 68.2 completion percentage, averaging a really, a very, very good average in completions. He's got 4,134 yards, 36 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Can you give it to anybody else? The man has played so well, he's kept his team in the playoff hunt easily with no problems. He is now fighting for the number one spot, and I think that you're going to see Tom Brady win a MVP at the age of 44. All right, with that, let's go ahead and talk about the top 10 teams In the NFL, according to me, this is a list compiled of what I saw over the course of the week. So this way we will go ahead and get started at number 10. I have the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys showed me that the offense is still not up to par. Tony Pollard also out with a big injury. So that is a massive blow to the Cowboys running game. Dak Prescott does not look like the... Dak Prescott we saw at the beginning of the year. I really think that we are going to go ahead and see the Cowboys falter in some way. But I still have them at number 10 because I think that they can make some noise if they get to the playoffs. At number 9, I have the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is going to be getting Derrick Henry back soon. And I am pretty sure you will then see the Tennessee offense start to click. Tennessee has been lackluster in the running game. On top of that, with Mike Brable at the head coach position, that defense is not something to be messed with. 
I think that Tennessee can also make a lot of noise in the playoffs. And if they went head-to-head with Dallas right now, I think they would beat them. But number eight, I think that this team would go ahead and beat both those teams if they were to play each other. And that is the San Francisco 49ers. Now, you're going ahead and saying, well, San Francisco's not making a lot of noise. If you've gone ahead and looked, they've won three of the last four games. And San Francisco just went ahead and put a whooping on the, excuse me, Cincinnati Bengals, who are contending for a division lead right now in their own division. San Francisco has a very strong running game. Jimmy Garoppolo has been playing very, very well, which leaves a lot of questions on the table for San Francisco. Do you re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo to a extension? He is a free agent after this year. Or do you start the rookie next year when he goes ahead and he has the reps ready to go? At number seven, I have the LA Chargers, Justin Herbert. He is a guy that you really need to be careful of because he is going to torch you if you are not careful. The Chargers defense is starting to play very well, heating up to the point where they are able to hold opponents in check. Justin Herbert playing very, very well. Austin Eckler, running back for the Chargers, is also playing extremely high. The Chargers are a team that I think that they could really make a lot of noise, and they could make a deep playoff push. Their offensive line is starting to uh, come alive a lot more than I thought they would at this point. I thought that the Chargers would be dead in the water. Turns out they are moving pretty handily. At number six, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. I trust Kansas City's defense. Hell, they're a top five defense in the NFL right now. The issue I have is Kansas City's offense. All those weapons, and you still cannot manage to put a lot of points on the board. This goes back all the way to the start of the season. I am not letting the win against the Raiders fool me. The reason I say that is because the Raiders are usually not very good after Thanksgiving. It's been that way for a couple of years. The Raiders have a replacement head coach, an interim head coach. And honestly, I think it's time for the Raiders to move off of Derek Carr, go get somebody else, and let Derek Carr have success elsewhere. The Chiefs are a team that, if you put them up to the test, if you put them against a Tampa Bay, a Green Bay, Arizona, I think that they would be beaten, but they would give them a fight. And at number five, I have the Arizona Cardinals. On Monday night, that game showed me something. It showed me that Arizona, when it comes down to stressful points, they can be had. The run game can cause an issue. The pass game can cause an issue. Excuse me. Arizona, when they get their backs against the wall, they kind of go into panic mode a little bit. And that's something that's going to be interesting moving forward when we get toward the playoffs. Will Arizona go ahead and start to panic if they're down? You know what I mean? If they're down by seven with three minutes to go, are they going to panic? Or are they going to step up to the plate and make a game out of it 
and try to capitalize with their team. Number four, the team that just beat Arizona, the LA Rams. The Rams for me have been, I, I don't know what to make of them. I think the game against Jacksonville, you should have gone ahead and beat Jacksonville as bad as you did. I wasn't 100% convinced. This game showed me that LA is legitimate and they are a real Super Bowl contender. They beat their division rivals. They beat the leading team in their division in the NFC West, which is arguably one of the toughest divisions in football. You go ahead and you look and you say, holy cow, the offense is starting to click. The defense has come back alive. Aaron Donald had an amazing game on uh, Monday. Cooper Cup had an amazing game on Monday. And Matt Stafford had an amazing game on Monday. Odell Beckham Jr. is starting to fit into the offense well. And I think you're going to see the Rams make a lot of noise moving forward. At number three, I have... New England. I still think that the New England Patriots are one of the best teams in the NFL. I still think that the New England Patriots will go ahead and make it to the AFC Championship game. And I still think that the New England Patriots will go ahead and potentially make it to a Super Bowl under rookie Mac Jones. Mac Jones is playing so well that I just don't know any bad things that I can say about him. We'll go ahead and we'll see moving forward what happens with that. But for right now, I think that the defense for the Patriots is stout. It's very good. The offense for the Patriots is stout. It's very good. The offensive line is protecting Mac Jones, and the defense is wreaking havoc. I got the Patriots at three. Number two, Tom Brady and his Buccaneers. Look, Tom Brady is going to win the MVP. There's no questions about that. Tom Brady will win MVP. His numbers show it. But I think that what's interesting is that you're starting to see Leonard Fournette emerge. You're starting to see the offensive weapons start to emerge for Tampa Bay. We already knew that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans for the Buccaneers were ballers. They're starting to come alive now. It was about this time last year where the Bucks really started to click. And I think you're going to go ahead and see them win out moving forward. But I still think that if they played this team, they would lose. And it's the same team I've had at the top for a while. And it's Green Bay. It doesn't matter who it is. Green Bay will beat you any way they can. They don't need starters. They don't need... You know, to go, they could throw their backups in there. It doesn't matter. You are going to pay the price if you go ahead and play this team. Aaron Rodgers is an absolute monster of a human being. I, I arguably one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play in my lifetime. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, two of the best backs in the NFL. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. The offensive line is playing well. The defense is playing top 10, better yet, top three defense in the NFL. And I really think that no matter what happens, Green Bay is going to be the team to beat this year and the team that I think will win the Super Bowl.
Alrighty, with that said, that is the podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to subscribe so you never miss another episode. As well as hit the notification button so you are aware when new episodes come. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. I will see you on Friday. Can't wait for Spider-Man No Way Home. Just figured I'd throw that out there. I'm going tomorrow. And with that said, I will see you on the other side. Mm -hmm.